Today's program is part of a special series brought to you by St. Agnes Medical Center and Every Neighborhood Partnership with funding provided by ACES Aware. Together, we are working to raise awareness about the effects of adverse childhood experiences in hopes of building a healthier community and a brighter future for our children. Dr. B explains the importance of acknowledging our stressors of the past in order to thrive in the present. Plus, she shares practical tips for coping through challenging times and building greater resiliency so you and your family can enjoy healthier and more fulfilling life. Hi, you're listening to Delusional Optimism with Dr. B, where we explore human resiliency and learn how people thrive even after adversity. We break down the complexities of the human brain so concepts are simple and relatable. It's fun and empowering to understand how your earliest experiences influence your relationships today. What makes you tick? Dr. B is a speaker, trainer, and consultant who understands emotions and human development from the inside out. Let's dive into today's episode. Here's Dr. B. Good morning, Dr. B. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you, Seth? Doing well, doing well. It's heating up here in Indiana, and I have mixed feelings about that. I I'm I don't like sweating. I don't. Oh, <laughs> I don't. Oh. It's I, I'd rather shiver than sweat. I'll, I'll say that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay, and I'm the exact opposite. <laughs> I love the heat, and it's heating up here, and I'm in a hooded sweatshirt and it's going to be like 93 and I think oh, that's cold today. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I know. It's, I know. It's like 84 here and it feels like 93 or whatever and I'm just like yeah. nope, going to stay indoors. Yeah. But today we are talking about a topic that I think is really needs to be talked about and that is uh, basically how we are I guess viewing and training trauma. And how and how people are triggered, and what to do and what to not do, all those things. So let's start off with the basics. I guess we all assume that we we assume that we know what trauma is. So, Doctor B, can you give us a short summary of trauma? So the question of what is trauma? There's probably a lot of definitions for trauma, but in the grand scheme of things. It's an experience that we have that impacts our neurobiology at a level that is intense enough to really change who we are Mm -hmm. and change how we react or respond to any situation. You know, there will be different situations for different people. But on a very, very broad stroke definition, trauma doesn't, well, trauma can happen in a very short amount of time. But typically, Mm -hmm. when we think of trauma in the moment around adverse childhood experiences and ACEs, we we think of it in a once experience. You know, did you Mm -hmm. experience physical abuse before you the age of 18 one time or a thousand times? Okay, so that's intensity and duration, Mm -hmm. like Jerome talked about in a previous episode. Or did you experience sexual abuse? Did you experience the loss of a parent? It's a one-time thing. You can only lose your mom one time, but it's a highly intense traumatic experience. So trauma is complex, and I think in our desire for everybody to understand it, We're oversimplifying it, 
And that is creating an entirely new set of problems around trauma-informed care and training. Yeah. So what are the problems and what are the misconceptions that, I, that you run up against in your trainings? Well, one, coming from a clinical background. So at, from a therapeutic perspective, I realize like everything that people struggle with in therapy often have a link in early childhood, infancy, or a traumatic event. Mm -hmm. So we have to think about training and experience is an extended experience of a therapeutic relationship. Mm -hmm. And so we can talk about trauma, but just talking about trauma is quote unquote triggering. And that means that if people become triggered or people are impacted by that discussion, then they can't be open to learning new information because they're processing. Mm. And you can't really be processing your experience at the same time you're learning a whole new brand new set of information or tools. And that's and that's what's happening is like we find when we do training, we create a space where there's it's never just me training. Mm-hmm. I have a clinician in training with us who's always available to the audience for support if they feel like something that I say during training makes them feel sensitive or causes a reaction for them. Yeah. Because we don't want to open up a wound and send somebody out the door. That's not no. that's not what we want to do. Yeah. So we need to close loops continually when we do training. Mm-hmm. And what we found a little bit surprisingly is we have never now done a training where somebody has not reached out to the clinician for support. Hmm. So multiple times wow. it's been multiple people and sometimes it's just been one. Yeah. But it, there's always, and I'll be completely unaware because I'm involved in the content and the, you know, the the training, but I'm not training about, you know, how to use Microsoft Word. Yeah. <laughs> I'm training about, you know, your emotional experience in infancy. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking about that stuff. And I myself, one professionally as a clinician, but also I've done my own work as a person with my own therapist, my own psychologist over many years, which keeps me like a car tuned up for my own experiences with this work because Mm -hmm. this work can be triggering for me as well. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, we joke about training on Microsoft Word, but I imagine there's there's a higher likelihood that in your training sessions there's more loops that need to be closed. But I, I'm sure there's plenty of of other situations that we wouldn't think of as a potential loop that we just need to pay more closely attend more close attention to potential trigger points. The other thing that we've learned is that. Training too much content in a short amount of time is a disaster. Mm. It's what we've learned is that it's so much more important to be a sensitive, attuned, 
trainer around trauma with a with a small amount of material where you're mm. able to massage that material with the the audience or the group or the staff or the the people whoever they are whoever the audience is and let them process it while they're learning it yeah in a in a careful and gentle way rather than trying to cram all the information into a couple of hours and it's just ends up being a mess, you know? Yeah. It, it really ends up being a mess. People leave with a ton of information. They have no idea what to do with it. They're completely emotionally raw and unclosed, you know, wounded. And then they never want to go back to that again. They certainly don't want to go do that again, but they also aren't going to implement trauma-informed practices and policies and procedures into their businesses, organizations, communities, because it's too painful. The, the thing that pops in my head is that the word trigger has become kind of... Um, Used too often. Yeah, it's triggering. (laughs) Um, Used too often more to describe that my feelings are hurt and I am uncomfortable versus an actual traumatic response that your nervous system is taking over and you feel out of control, you feel outside of your body. And it, it really, I think, diminishes people's actual lived in experience when it's just like, Oh, somebody put pepperoni on my pizza and I didn't want it. I'm triggered. Like, yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> that's the whole snowflake complex that my generation gets a bad rap for. Which, to be fair, I am I am in somewhat of agreement with that critique of the generation of where we are. We are we get a little too sensitive. Like the whole, <laughs> like my generation is about we're creating safe spaces. Okay, yes, we also need to create brave spaces at the same time, in the same space. And so I guess, talk to us a little bit about that and and how you see how to differentiate that and and maybe some of the downfalls of using triggering too much as like an excuse for just, I have uncomfortable feelings. Okay, I love that lead into this because (laughs) one, as the mother of Generation Z and Millennials, I feel I feel so protective, you know, because hello, we created these sensitive generations mm-hmm. who are in touch with their feelings now. But you're right. We do need to we do want and I do think that millennials and Gen Zs have the capacity to create safe spaces and brave spaces, mm-hmm. but they need guidance. They still yes. need guidance. We yes, haven't. Yes, yes, yes. We have not given them the tools Oof. or given these younger generations the tools, like the full package. This is how you do it. These are the principles that you need to follow. And if you follow these principles and you grow them your own organic way too, so it keeps going, then we really will, all spaces will be safe Mm -hmm. and all spaces will be brave and it'll be awesome. And that is, we're in this weird transition zone of, okay, yeah, we've got these younger generations now who are ready, like you're ready Mm -hmm. to do it. 
but you don't have enough leadership, grown-ups, parents, professionals in the room with you to say, whoa, 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 that's a feeling, not a trigger. Like, mm-hmm. that's a feeling, not a trigger. Pepperoni's like, oh, yeah, I don't, pre- <laughs> I don't prefer that. <laughs> but yeah. a feeling is, oh, yeah, I don't like that. Oh, I'm cold. Oh, I'm hot. Mm-hmm. I'm hot. You know, I'm, it, it's bugging me, but it's mm-hmm. not actually, just like you said, it's not taking over your your neurological or your biological system right. where you are activated, your stress response system is activated, and now you can't think straight because your brain has moved from rational thought into survival mode. Right. And it can be, you know, super survival mode, like Nadine Burke Harris talks about, Dr. Burke Harris talks about with, you know, the bear is coming at you. Right. Or it can just be, I'm checking out. Mm-hmm. I can't hear anything you say now because now I am completely checked out. Yeah. And we don't need to confuse that. We don't need to confuse a feeling with a trauma. That's so basic that we need to, that in and of itself can be a lesson that's like, oh, yeah. Okay, let's not over overuse the word trigger anymore. Let's use the word feeling. I'm having a big feeling about that. But yeah. it's not going to change my life. It's right. not going to like right. keep me from going to work. But a trauma trigger can literally knock you into a depression or yeah. a panic attack mm-hmm. or an angry rage. A trauma activation does something very big and we don't feel we feel totally out of control. Yeah, the difference uh, maybe another way of saying it is like I have a certain sensitivity to this issue or or to this the way that this person is reacting. And I think even though we're kind of splitting hairs here, I think it's very 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 important because then when you say, "Hey, I feel triggered," then you know that if another person says i feel triggered you know exactly what's happening and and okay let's back up let's let's take a break let's whatever versus just hey i'm really sensitive about that like then you can like keep talking through it you can keep doing the thing whatever completely yeah. different responses to to a similar situation and it builds up it mm-hmm. builds up the boundaries for safe and brave spaces it says hey oh you, you that makes you feel uncomfortable. Well, let me let me make it safer for you. Mm-hmm. And the person who's saying, "Hey, I'm not really. I'm feeling a little weird about this." That gives them the context of bravery. Now we have brave yes. and safe spaces. Oh, so I we're love doing that. we're doing it by practicing, and you know, it takes trying it out a lot of times in different mm-hmm. ways in order to get good at it, and so. That's why I just I don't want millennials and I don't want Gen Z to be discouraged by you know trying to do it and then they get slammed and you know yeah. I don't want you to give up because you're doing the work that only you can do. It's mm-hmm. too late for baby boomers. It's too late for Gen Z, I mean Gen X to do the work that you're doing around brave and safe spaces. Mm. We we've set the framework. We have built the structure. Mm-hmm. And now you have to fill in the house. Yeah. And you can only do that 
by picking the wrong furniture first <laughs> or <laughs> or painting it the wrong color and going oh mm. yeah that was a that was a terrible idea <laughs> let's not use the word trigger and let's not paint the walls you know oh. orange and Whoa. purple <laughs> It just occurred to me that what you're describing is is exactly what baby boomers and and the like are reacting against is like one the transition of language of oh yeah we can't say this word anymore even though back in the day they like they didn't mean anything negative about it but we're like okay but we're 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 evolving and realizing that that's not the best word to use. That doesn't respect this individual's whatever. So for past generations, I imagine it, it yeah, very disconcerting to be like, that's, I, I'm not a bad person if I didn't know that I was hurting someone. Right. Well, it's also, it's a, it's a passing of the torch. Yes, and, and that's going to be messy. And, and that's going to be messy. Yeah, sometimes, you know, think about a relay race. The baton gets dropped and... The, the person who was supposed to catch it drops it. Okay, guess what? But you can still pick it up again and keep running. Yeah, yeah. That's the beauty. We don't mm-hmm. have to, and, you know, and then somebody is going to go way out ahead and somebody is going to be tagging along way behind. Mm-hmm. But that's the beauty of transitioning, you know, passing the torch from the older generations to the younger generations, and then they will pass the torch to the younger yeah. generations. This is what leave a life print means is great. gracefully passing the torch and then becoming instead the influencer and transitioning to becoming the supporter lifter upper. Yeah. You know, my job I see now as, you know, I'm an informant for sure, but I also see it as, you know what? There's a lot of young people who are doing this work mm-hmm. like on the ground. So my job is to be their their supporter. That's that's person. amazing. Yeah, and I think that's probably butcher this, but I, I recall listening to a podcast about I think it was Japanese culture that at a certain age you an older person becomes um, they lose their sense of labels and identity in a good way as in like you are now you are now just um a part of the community where young people come to you you give them wisdom and they go do their thing there's no more title for you anymore and, and yeah. that's really hard for american culture my goodness yeah. like just look honest just look at both sides of the spectrum of political people it's it's vastly older than what yeah. I feel like it should be. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. There, of course, there is there is wisdom in age. Most most people, there is wisdom in age. <laughs> yeah. Some level of wisdom. Um, they don't necess- They're not always mature in the wisdom, but there's some level of wisdom in everyone as they age. Yeah. They've learned things. Yeah. Good or bad. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's. And I'm like I'm prepping myself for. I am now, apparently skinny jeans are not a thing anymore. <laughs> oh my gosh, I heard I, that too. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I don't, yeah, we'll see how long that lasts. But um, but it's like, I'm realizing, oh, 
and and like some of my clients and students, I'm mentioning bands and and movies that I grew up seeing. I'm just realizing I'm getting older. I'm like, and I'm prepping myself already of like, okay, how do I pass on this torch gracefully without getting my ego involved? And like, I need to be important. Just like, yeah, yeah it's yeah. Oh, it's so tough. It is. It's a really tough thing. Yeah. But I think that it can be so graceful when we mm-hmm. understand it. Like when exactly. you like when you explain it through the lens of Japanese culture, uh, where you become you know, and I, I know there's other cultures that have, sure. you know, strong ties to their elders and the wisdom of the elders that we could as Americans, I mean, we're a very, very young country, we could yeah. learn something from this that For if sure. we allowed ourselves to recognize and and I've kind of personally experienced this too as you know I've always been the parent I've always been the professional I've always been the the grown up in the room kind of thing and watching my own adult children really grow into themselves has taught me a lot around passing the torch and letting them help me mm-hmm. Letting them be, you know, letting them be the ones who are like, oh, you know what? Yeah, they're totally competent. They're totally smart Mm -hmm. and they're loving people and I need help. And so who am I going to turn to? My children Mm. or somebody else's children Mm -hmm. who are in the same age group. But guess what? That feels like such a relief. When we let ourselves off the hook and trust what we have grown, Mm. we've grown this generation. They are not going to fail us. They can't be us, though. That's that's where we struggle is... We we grew the generation that we wanted, but we mm-hmm. they're not going to be who we are because we were grown by a different generation. So we have to let it evolve and let th- this group evolve into the collective voice and collective powerful force that they're going to be at mm-hmm. millennials alone, 80 million strong. Yeah. Like 80 million strong millennials. That does not include Gen Z. So yeah. it's 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 a powerful force. There's no point in trying to hold back the waves. There's no point in doing that. It's it's gonna be okay. And I think that that's where trauma really comes in. Is we want to control everything and being right. able healing trauma means letting go of that control. Dr. B, you are preaching today. My goodness. <laughs> Come on. It, sta- it started from our text convo last night. Yes. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah. This is this is great. Yeah. That oh say say what you that that small phrase again. What did you say again? We've that. gotta just let go of the control. We've gotta let go of the control and allow what's gonna happen to happen and be okay with it. Yeah. And let it unfold and let it evolve and trust and trust that we've put mm. we've put it into good hands. Yeah. We've passed the torch into good hands and what's going to we can't you can't make something happen. It's that whole you know, square peg round hole thing. Yep. Yep. Can't do it. 
Yeah. Uh, and speaking from a millennial standpoint, I mean, thank you, previous generations, for the work that you have done in building this structure. Yes, we are strange. We are very strange. <laughs> and we have strange ideas. We'll work it out, but we love the earth as much as you do. And we're going to take care of it as best as we know how, as you have trained us. So just bear with us as we work through the messy parts of growing up. Yeah. And I think the best way that previous generations can support the generation after is, is to be the net underneath them that, okay, yeah, you're going to mess up. You're going to do some really silly, stupid stuff, but like, we'll catch you. We'll talk about it. Now get back out there and, and yeah. go do the thing. And I, I mean, I'm having to do that with my younger sister in, in some regards is like, how do I keep pushing her in a direction that I know she can go and I know that she's going to do wonderful, amazing things, but I can't, I can't control her. I can't make her do anything. I can't convince her of anything. I just have to ask better questions and yeah. then have it, her find the answer. Yeah. I mean, it really is. It's taking the micro of parenting and putting mm. it into the macro of a of the world of a whole oh. generation it's taking yes. it's become it's it's saying to the generations who built the frame gen x boomers even 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 before them the mm. traditionalists you know it's really saying that we okay we we were the parents and now, yeah, now we are your safety net and we're here for you. Why mm -hmm. in the world as a parent or as an entire generation would we want to work against our children? Mm. Whether, there are, whether there are community of children or whether are the children in our family, why would we ever pick that? And so mm -hmm. as parents and as resilient building communities, we need to embrace this narrative about parenting and how you first start by really holding and nurturing and loving and connecting and teaching and being there with this young child. But eventually that young child takes off and they then do come back to you and you're the net. And mm -hmm. now you're the net. And so, and we pull them up. We pull them up by the rope if they need to, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's in so many ways so simple, and yet we are just splattering the paint. <laughs> we are making it so complicated. But I just want everybody to say, and when I hear you say we're we're messing it up or we're we're getting there, but we're confused, that is such a normal place so to be normal. at this at this juncture mm -hmm. of your lives and your generation's lives. We were we were just as confused at that point. Yeah. And now we're starting to feel our oh yeah, I understand it. But now there's a whole bunch of other people trying to do it. Mm -hmm. And it's the letting now the letting go and the control come in. Yeah, that letting go and control. I mean, and that, that brings us back to just the trauma. If we're going to let go and support those in front of us, like we have to let go and support ourselves and acknowledge the difficulties that we have been, we've experienced.
This episode has been absolute fire, and uh, <laughs> so let's let's uh, close the loop and bring okay. some practical takeaways to this episode. So, what do you have? All right. So, yes, it's been so much fun. It's always so much <laughs> fun for me because, as a person who's a Gen X, getting to talk to you, who's a millennial on this very equal level and perspective like i learned so much from you mm. and then and then you validate things that i hear like oh yeah skinny jeans really are going out so <laughs> i'm not ready i'm not ready to actually uh, go there but uh. <laughs> i'm thinking about four things three or four things and one of them is the difference between feelings and triggers so be, being really consciously aware of the difference of when your stress regulating system is really being activated and moving into a different state like anxiety, panic attack, depression, or, you know, just active rage, overwhelming sadness. Like these are things that potentially fall into the triggering category where having a feeling is more like a preference that is annoying and irritating and you don't like it or you love it and it's so wonderful and great, but it's not, it doesn't change your footing on the ground. That's mm, what I want to say about it. That's like, great. Your feet are planted. A feeling is a feeling, but it doesn't throw you off kilter. Mm -hmm. A trigger is like somebody just come came and shoved you off your feet and now you're having to rebalance and you cannot like that does not happen instantaneously no. or quickly like you have to actually recover from a trigger right you can just feel a feeling and go on right so that's the difference between that mhm mm mhm mm and in terms of trauma training and what we've learned by doing this intense run of, I think we've trained over 500 people in the last couple Ooh. of months. Yeah, a lot of people in a lot of different situations, whether it's been Zoom training, we've, been, we've done live training, we've done live training. What we've learned is that where typically content is king or queen, Mm -hmm. Content is important, but we don't want to overdo the content at the cost of the process and the experience. We have to put the content into context for different people with different experiences and perspectives yeah. in a way that is slow enough for them to not be threatened and then want to run away from it. If we're really going to build in trauma-informed care and resilient communities and schools and businesses, then we need to do training that is manageable in pieces. And so we've taken a lot less content and allowed people to engage and manipulate and manage that material themselves digest. digest it yes digest it in ways that make sense to them because then it's usable for them when they leave and yes we don't get through as much material in the same amount of time but that actually is good because it'll be better for long-term implementation yeah so 
that's the slowing down of of trauma training that's very different than just do it at your own pace whatever you know mm-hmm. learn mm-hmm. learn how to you know i don't know cook <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and then last but not least is this generational difference thing and embracing the changes that are coming and the future generations and letting go of needing to control all the moving parts because in the grand scheme of things it's very it's a very parallel process to parenting in which we also struggle with culturally mm-hmm. in a lot of ways like how do we do it is there a one way is there a right way there's a lot of right ways right but there's also boundaries like we need to stay within the boundaries of those right ways so we've done good work we've raised this generation the millennials and now it's completely unfair for us to criticize them for who they are becoming we need to allow them to become who they're going to be. They're building yeah. their future, not our future. Yeah. Our we build yeah. our future. They're building their future and we yeah. need to let them do that and release our fear, which is the biggest part of it is fear and control. Release our fear and control and let them let them do it in a way that we probably in some ways and I know people will hate to hear this but a lot of people will never see the consequences of the great things we did by building the millennial and Gen Z generations. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I really, I mean, I am the person who will, I have complete faith that you will transform our world into mm-hmm. a safer, more loving, brave place. Yeah. Even though it's going to look like a spatter p- painted garage for a little while. Yeah. Because <laughs> cause we're like, wow, you know, you're a yeah. little bit all over the place. And that's okay. Like, yeah. that's okay. Critiques are welcome. Criticism is not. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. Total. And that's true. That's true for everybody, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's learn. Let's, if we don't learn anything, let's learn this. We can do it together. We can we mm-hmm. can make mistakes and learn together and from each other. Nobody knows everything. And right. the internet, if anything, has taught us that we're never going to know everything because good grief, <laughs> it's all on Google. And you, we don't even need it's, to know it because we can just right. Google it. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> all right, everybody, that's it for today. It's great being here. I hope you have a great week. Thanks so much, Seth. Always great to talk to you. And now with that, go out and leave a life print. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. I appreciate the opportunity to connect with you. If you're interested in booking a training, I'd love to hear from you. You can reach me at my website, Dr. B Connections. There's a big button that says, book a training with Dr. B. It's that easy. If this show has been beneficial for you, please share it with your friends and family. Spreading the word about the show helps us grow our audience and helps continue to change the world together. Again, thanks so much for listening to Delusional Optimism. 
Now go leave a life print. Thank you for listening to this special episode of Delusional Optimism brought to you by St. Agnes Medical Center and Every Neighborhood Partnership. We hope you're encouraged by Dr. B's message and find her tips helpful for managing life stressors and building a more resilient self. For more episodes in this special series, please visit St. Agnes Medical Center's website at www.samc.com. This episode is produced and published by the editing team at TruthWork Media. TruthWork Media is a full-fledged podcasting and social media agency located in South Bend, Indiana, with clients all around the world. For more information, visit them at truthworkmedia.com. These materials and all discussions of these materials are for educational purposes only and do not constitute medical or mental health advice. The presenter is not a licensed mental health or medical service provider. If you need medical or mental health care or advice, you should contact your doctor or therapist, or you can contact your insurance company for a referral. This show and all of its contents are copyright 2020 Dr. B. Leave a Life Print. Reproduction or use requires written consent of Dr. Kristen Beasley.